become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 39 of Macabre Misfortunes. Hi, 39. Yes, that's exactly nine months worth. Wow. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cool. I'm not going to lie to you about something you can do the simple math on, so. Mm, well, you are talking to me, you know. I could have uh, had a baby by now. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so Tracy, I, I want to thank Sean for suggesting this week's episode. She actually gave me a, a few different ideas, but this one actually fit perfect for Macabre Misfortune. Well, so. thank you, Sean. Appreciate that. So today we're going to talk about the Willard Asylum. A Willard Asylum opened up near Seneca Lake in 1869, and that's in New York. Okay. Its original name was the Willard Asylum for the Chronically Insane. Hmm. I think it's just a chronic insane, but I added mm-hmm. the L-Y. The it just sounds better. Yeah. It was built as an alternative to the prisons and the poorhouses that typically house patients suffering from mental illness at this oh, time. Oh, wow. Well, I hope that was a good thing then. It was for a while, like oh, all these stories. Crap. That we, did. Mm. we really wouldn't be covering it if it was a great thing. Mm. <laughs> patients were often chained in their beds or locked in cages. When they were at the uh, poor houses or the prisons. Oh, that's so sad. Doctors at the asylum almost immediately saw some shocking changes in the patients who arrived from the other facilities. Not really that shocking when you think about well, it. No, I'm, they, I'm sure they were so grateful. Their health quickly improved when they were actually able to explore the expansive grounds at the Willard Asylum and interact with other residents. Good, good. So, yeah, I guess it shouldn't really be that surprising that if you just don't keep somebody chained to their bed all day long and actually let them be human. I mean, that's that horrible be, to treat them that way. You know, absolutely. The Willard Asylum closed in 1995 after 126 years of operation. So let me just say that this place looked creepy as hell, even when it was new. It's just got that look to it. It looked like... Um, the Norman Bates house in oh. Psycho. I mean, not exactly, but it had that, mm, that, that kind, of feel. kind of design mm-hmm. and feel to it. Mm-hmm. By the time the facility closed, it was mostly abandoned. All right, so now that you have a, the history in a nutshell, let's get into a little more specifics. In the early 19th century, people suffering from mental illness had very few options. If their family couldn't or just simply didn't want to take care of them, They were sent to prisons or poorhouses. Like we said earlier, they were technically locked away in one way or another in one of these places. Wow. That's so heartbreaking. But the goals of the doctors and the nurses at the Willard Asylum was to actually treat patients and teach them skills that they needed to rejoin society if and when they were actually able to rejoin society. Now, this was a pretty new concept at the time. And there were some obvious effects on the patients right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Positive effects. Sure. The very first resident was a woman by the name of Mary Rote. 
R-O-T-E. Now, she came from just the kind of situation that the asylum was built to save people from. She was suffering from dementia, and she had spent 10 years in a county poorhouse in chains. Bless her heart. It wasn't until she arrived at Willard by the steamboat that her chains were actually removed. My gosh. Now, here's what was written about her arrival. Several men brought a deformed woman down the gangplank. Her wrists were chained together. Mary wrote from Columbia County Poorhouse was the first of many thousands to arrive at the state institution called Willard Asylum. Now, when officials at uh, Mary's previous facility were preparing to transfer her, they found her cowering in the corner of a cell partially covered with a blanket, but without any other clothing or even a bed. Oh, my gosh. Those people are, oh, my Lord. Now, once she got to Willard, the staff made sure that she was completely dressed and groomed every single day. Good. They treated her like a human being instead of an animal. Now, almost immediately, both her physical and mental health began to improve. So you said she had dementia? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing maybe not full-blown dementia. Full-blown, but maybe, oh my gosh, bless her heart. Willard was trying something different, and it definitely worked. But the facility was still a product of the times, and today, many of the asylum's practices would be considered horrifying. But it was still the best of what they had at the time. Man, oh man. The Willard Asylum was much more progressive than many of the other mental health facilities at the time in practice. It was still essentially a prison. Patients were kept until the administrators decided that they could leave. Unfortunately, many of them never did. Aww. At a time when understanding mental health was crude, not everyone who was locked inside the asylum were truly insane. Here's an example. One of the facility's most famous patients was Joseph Lobdell. He was committed for a rare form of mental disease. That's how the doctors actually put it back in the day. Any guess as to what Rob, uh, Joseph Lobdell's issue was? Amnesia? Well, you see, Joseph was actually born female. He was raised as a female, but he felt that he was truly a man. Today, being transgender is no longer considered grounds to be committed into an institution. But that was the situation. Oh, my gosh. Are you saying that that's why they put him in? Mm -hmm. Because even though biologically she was female and raised female, she always felt that she was a man. So she wanted to be a man. And they, at that time, they were like... Well, there's no way anybody would want to be a different sex than what they were born, so there must be a mental issue with it. Oh, I mean, it's sad to say, but if she could have only just said, oh, no, I, you know, I mean, right. she could have got out, maybe. Or... Probably so. Oh. So while Lobdell was not insane, he spent 10 years at the Willard and then was sent to another mental hospital where he stayed until his death. <gasps> And I'll tell you more about the Willard Asylum right after this quick sponsor break. While the patients are no longer there, the signs can be seen in Willard's abandoned hallways even today. 
The areas where the residents receive treatments, like electric shock therapy, remain. The floors are starting to sink in, but many of the rooms where the patients spent their entire lives are still completely visible. Oh my God, don't you just want to take them all and just hug them and love them and just feel so terrible for those people? Those brave enough to enter the grounds of the facility can also see what happened to patients who died there. Okay, but wait, before you go on, did so were they not allowed to have visitors at all back in that one hospital? I'm assuming no. Oh. I'm assuming no, because they were sent there because people didn't want them, so they're not going to visit them for the most part. Hmm. Okay. And we're getting ready to get into a little more of that. So, so to go back, if you go there, you can actually see what happened to the patients who died there, and that's because the morgue and the crematorium are still largely intact. No way. Even the autopsy tables are still there, standing right next to the drawers where the bodies were kept. Then you've got the asylum's cemetery, and it's full of graves. These graves are not marked with names, though. There's just numbers on metal plaques. Why? Because back then, and we've talked about this before, families were ashamed to have a member of the family that were in a mental hospital. Therefore, their names were not put on the plaques. Wow. Just a number. So not cool. There are 6,000 graves. Oh, Lord, you're kidding. And none have a name on them. No. Oh, my gosh. Today, there's an, actually an effort to uh, identify the thousands of people that are buried on the asylum ground. But actually, that process is pretty slow because of the lack of records. Mm. So, anyways, that's the basic story of. I don't like that story. All right, so I like to give you a fun fact, and this one's actually a little longer than the basic facts. It's like, what the hell is a fun fact out of that horrible story? Well, in 1995, after the asylum closed. An employee named Bev Courtright was asked to kind of explore the the property and see if there's anything that could be salvaged, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, behind an attic door, she found 400 suitcases that belonged to patients who had died at the asylum. No. Oh, my gosh. Many still contained personal belongings, and the suitcases had been there for decades. Wow. I don't know why they what kept them, but they did. What a find. So the New York State Museum soon acquired these, and they put them out for display. Some suitcases contained practical items like shoe polish and toothpaste, and others had personal keepsakes or things that patients were reluctant to let go of, such mm-hmm. as photographs of relatives or possible mm-hmm. newspaper clippings. In 2001, photographer John Crispin, he decided that he was going to document the suitcases and pictures. And then he uh, put all the pictures up online so that anyone could view them at any time. No kidding. Yeah. I wonder if they had, if in, like, any of those people could have been identified maybe by some of those pictures. It's possible. I'm sure I'm sure these suitcases are probably part of what they've used to try to identify. Because there's 400 suitcases. Dang. I mean, That's it's, crazy that they found all those. Yeah. I've seen some pictures of it. It's pretty cool. But anyways, that's your story. Well, that was such a depressing story. But wow. we did try to end on a positive note. Well, yeah, that some that's, of that's very were found true. And put up for in a museum yeah. and. Well, God rest your souls. Yep. So, anyways, that wraps it up for us today, guys. We appreciate it, and uh, we love you. We love you all so much. <laughs>